Bibles tonight, if you will, please and turn to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter number 28. 2 Chronicles, chapter number 28. I, I want to just give you something that, that uh, God has laid on my heart. I'm going to be honest with you. After Awesome August is done, I believe we're going to start a brand new series in the book of Job. And I really believe it's going to be, <clears throat> I really believe it's going to be a blessing. But we're getting ready to start Awesome August, and so we're going to have special speakers for our midweek service all the way through. And, <clears throat> and so I knew I didn't want to start, I didn't want to start a series and then leave it for four weeks. Uh, and <clears throat> so just praying and seeking the will of the Lord. And while we were away with the kids and just trying to walk with the Lord and spend some time in the Bible, God, God began to speak to my heart about a thought that I want to try to share with you tonight on why the church is essential. Why the church is essential. And so, <clears throat> Second Chronicles chapter 28, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to let you remain seated tonight because I know it's been a long day for some of you. And I, I'm not going to speak long tonight, but 2 Chronicles 28, and look, if you will, at verse number 22, 2 Chronicles 28, and verse number 22. Find your place, say amen. amen. All right. The Bible says, and in the time of his distress, did he trespass yet more against the Lord? And then the Bible wanted us to be very sure who he was talking about. This is that King Ahaz. For he sacrificed unto the gods of Damascus, which smote him. Man, what a statement. For he sacrificed unto the gods of Damascus, which smote him. That's about as mixed up as America is right now. Amen. And he said, and this was his logic. And he said, because the gods of the king, kings of Syria helped them, therefore will I sacrifice to them that they may help me. Look at the next line. But they were the ruin of him and of all Israel. And he has gathered together the vessels of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessels of the house of God and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord. And he made him altars in every corner of Jerusalem. You know what that tells me? He changed the way they always did it. He shut up the house, the doors of the house of the Lord, and made him altars in every corner of Jerusalem. Just for a little bit tonight, I just want to use that scripture as a jumping board tonight. And just for a little bit, I want to talk to you about the subject, why the church is essential. I started to title this tonight, Why You Ought to Be Faithful, even in the midst of a pandemic. But... You know, but, but I want to talk to you about that subject. Why, why is the church essential tonight? And let's, be, let's make sure that we're clear on this, on this message. Hold your place in 2 Chronicles chapter 28. And then in just a few moments, we're going to turn over to the book of Ephesians. And we're, we're going to use our, our New Testament tonight. And so uh, anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, we'll jump right into this tonight. Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be in your house again this evening. And Lord, been a great service tonight. Thank you. We have this midweek refueling time where, Lord, we, we leave here on Sunday night. We're away on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we're able to meet together on Wednesday night. And Lord, come back in here and get our spiritual tank, Lord, filled back up so we can go back out and live the Christian life 
uh, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then come back in and really get topped off on Sunday. And so, Lord, thank you for Wednesday night prayer time Bible study. We really appreciate this time. Lord, I pray now that you'll bless our discussion, and I pray all that's done would bring honor and praise and glory to the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, bless your people tonight. I know that, uh, Lord, many of them probably started long before the sun came up. They're a little weary tonight. And so, Lord, I pray supernaturally that you would give them, uh, Lord, a, a supernatural touch where they could listen and not have to fight it and where they could gain from the service this evening. I know one thing, Lord, I pray for a touch tonight, and I pray that you'll help us this evening. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and for his sake, and all God's people said, amen, amen. I want you to understand tonight that as your pastor, I understand that there are reasons that people are not going to be able to, to attend the services. That's just a fact. Uh, that, that's, that's going to happen. Uh, Brother, uh, Brother Looney made reference to the Griders. I know the Griders. I, I, they're great people. I know both of them, and I hope they are watching tonight. And I love Brother Grider. He's a good brother. And uh, both of them have been suffering from some uh, health battles and not able to be here tonight. Uh, Brother, uh, Brother uh, David mentioned our, our nursing home folks. Boy, don't you miss the nursing home people and being able to go in there and minister. You know what? They're part of our church family. And, and they love, they love Calvary coming in there and ministering to them. And they're not able to come. Of course, they're not able to come. And so we understand that. We understand that there are valid reasons for missing the services. Some of our people tonight, some of our folks watching by way of live stream, have what's called a compromised immune system. And, and, uh, and they're a little bit leery about uh, getting out with everything that's going on. We understand. Listen, we're not... Uh, not uh, uh, preaching against them, and we're not uh, picking on them tonight. Uh, others are battling present afflictions right now. Uh, maybe cancer. Maybe uh, maybe they're facing a, an upcoming surgery. Maybe there's a physician that they're close to that has uh, advised them not to go out. You know what? You know what? Truth of the matter is, there's not one size that fits all for this thing. I mean, there's not. And uh, and we had this conversation with. Uh, uh, with, with a brother the other day, and I told him, I said, you know what, brother, every, con every congregation is different. And so, uh, in case you're wondering, we're not, we're not jumping on the, the criticism train for other churches and congregations and preachers. If you want to hear that kind of preaching, you'll have to go somewhere else. You're not going to hear it from this pulpit. Uh, every congregation is different. Some congregations have much older they have a much older demographic and uh, and a lot of a lot of older folk and that kind of thing. So I, I just I just want to give you that disclaimer tonight that I understand that that you know what there are valid reasons sometimes uh, that people have to miss a service. Uh, we call it my preacher used to call it providentially hindered. Providentially hindered. Now, providentially hindered is not your favorite TV show comes on. That's not providentially hindered. Uh, providentially hindered is uh, not that your easy chair felt real easy that night. That's not providentially hindered, all right? Uh, and so, uh, you know what? If, if you're not sick uh, or, uh, you know, or that kind of thing, you know what? Every time the doors uh, squeak, you ought to be here. That's what I believe. Uh, and, uh, but, but with all that said, and you know what I'm about to tell you is truth. There seems to be a very anti-American campaign that's going on in our nation. 
And the church seems to be, in many cases, in the bullseye of that anti-American campaign. The message that's being sent by some, not by all, but the message that's being sent by some is that church is no longer essential. And that just to be quite honest, to make things a whole lot better, it would be a whole lot better off if the church house would just shut down. But I, I beg to differ. Did you know that just this week in the state of California, that the government of California threatened to shut the power off of a local church, by the way, not, not far from where Zach and Amber are, a larger church threatened to shut the power off to this local church if they continue to have services. Brother Mike mentioned Solid Rock Baptist Church tonight. I want you to pray for Solid Rock uh, in New Jersey tonight. Brother Charlie Clark, many of our young people know Brother Charlie Clark. You've been to youth rallies where Brother Charlie Clark, uh, Clark preached and, and your heart was challenged by the preaching of Brother Charlie Clark. And, uh, and that church is having to, uh, that church, a local church, Independent Baptist Church, is literally having to take their case to the Supreme Court because the government of New Jersey has come against them in such a strong way. Now, I believe this tonight. I believe that God's Word teaches us that God's house is an essential part of the Christian walk. We notice here in 2 Chronicles chapter 28 that when Ahaz, a very wicked politician, and he was, when Ahaz shut the house of the Lord down, Israel did not progress. Israel did not go up. But it's interesting, you read that story when Ahaz passed off the scene and his son Hezekiah, one of the greatest kings that ever ruled Judah, when Hezekiah uh, came onto the scene and took the throne and reopened the house of the Lord, Judah once again began to see the blessing of God upon that nation. Now, again, my point being this, that as children of God tonight, I want you to understand something, regardless of what Fox News says or CNN says or, or MSNBC or regardless of what the Democratic party may say or the Republican party may say or the Supreme Court may say, we have a mandate as children of God that church is an essential part of our life. Would you take your Bibles tonight, please turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. And so many of you that are here tonight that are listening to me, you've been rock solid through this whole thing. But it's important that we hear this as a church congregation. And I believe this is the message that God's given to your pastor tonight. Hebrews chapter 10. And look, if you will, please, at verse number 21. The Bible says, and having a high priest over the house of God. Verse number 22 says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke into love and to good works. Look at verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more 
as ye see the day approaching. I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 122 and verse number one. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I'm just going to tell you, and it's already been said tonight, not by me, but by somebody else, that there's just something about this place. I mean, there's just something about the right kind of church, a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, spirit-filled church. Now, I don't know about other churches. I don't know about dead churches and dry churches and lifeless churches and spiritless churches. But I'm just telling you, buddy, as far as a personal testimony for me, there's just something about this place that when the doors are open, I want to be here. And I'll tell you what it is. It's the Holy Spirit of God. You see, this is not a man-made thing. This is a God thing. And because this is a God thing, this is a God-ordained thing, you know what? There's something, if you're truly born again tonight, there's something that draws you. It draws you, even though the government may say it's not essential, even though others may say we need to shut the doors, and, and even though others may say we need to shut it down, there's something inside of you. Uh, and, and, and some people say, Mom, what, do you know the risk? I mean, do you know the risk that's involved? And many of you do know the risk, but there's something that draws you back. You know what it is? It's the Holy Spirit of God. And by the way, you know what? If you're not experiencing that drawing, I check up. You know what? I, I wonder. I wonder. I mean, I, I wonder about those folks who have been out of church for four months and don't miss it. You know what that tells me? Something's wrong. Something's wrong somewhere where you can just cancel every single event and not have church inside or outside or, I mean, no kind of preaching and no kind of singing and no kind of worship, and, and yet it doesn't bother you. Oh, listen, I believe tonight that the church is essential. I want to give you tonight quickly, I want to give you some reasons. I believe that the church is essential tonight. We'll just give you four. How about this? Number one, number one for the purpose of learning, the purpose of learning. Now take your Bibles and I want you to turn over the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians tonight, here the Apostle Paul is and, and he is challenging this uh, young group of believers in Ephesus. And uh, boy, here they are. I mean, they're, they're brand new at this salvation thing. They're brand new uh, at this, uh, this idea of the church. And, and the Apostle Paul uh, gives these folks some wonderful, wonderful things in this letter. And I'm going to show those to you tonight. So some reasons that the church is essential. Number one, for the purpose of learning. Learning. Now look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 17. The Bible says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Did you know Calvary Baptist Church that it is imperative that you and I understand the will of God. We need to understand what God's will is. Now, there are several different ways that God reveals his will. How about this? God reveals his will through his word. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. So I would say this, that uh, you know what? Don't wait. Uh, don't, don't just read your Bible on Sunday morning when the preacher's preaching. And don't just read your Bible on Sunday night when the preacher's preaching. Man, get in your Bible and read your Bible. And as you're reading your word of God, you know what? God will reveal his will to you. 
God reveals his will through his word. God reveals his will through his Holy Spirit. John chapter one, uh, John chapter 14, verse number 28. The Bible says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And so God reveals his will through his word. God reveals his will through his Holy Spirit. But I want you to understand something tonight. God reveals his will through his church through his church the right kind of church now there's a lot of churches just preaching junk today and a lot of churches are nothing more than just motivational you know motivational uh, pulpits and all they do is just you know preach some kind of self-help message, but I'm just telling you, if you're going to the right kind of church, I believe this, I believe that as you're attending that church, that God will reveal his perfect will to your life. I want you to turn over to, uh, you're in Ephesians, look at Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse number 11, here it is. Ephesians 4 verse 11, the Bible says, and it gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, now look, look, look for the reason, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Let me just read you this first. I'm going to have you turn somewhere else. Jeremiah 3.15, the Bible says, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Take your Bibles and turn over, if you will, to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. And I want you to notice what our Bible tells us here. 1 Timothy chapter 3, and look at verse number 15 tonight, if you will. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 15. The Bible says, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. Look at this. Which is the church of the living God. Here it is. The pillar and ground of the truth. Hey, Calvary, do you know why Satan is trying to shut the church down? Do you know why there are people that are trying to tell our young people that church is not essential? Listen, you don't have to listen to these bunch of dinosaurs, these bunch of T-Rexes, they call them. They're, they're a bunch of Bible-thumping preachers. They talk about that King James Bible and the Holy Spirit and all these things, and, and, and they get it behind the pulpit, and they thunder behind the pulpit. And, and hey, young people, I want you to understand something. They say that the church is not essential, but I want you to understand that according to the Word of God, the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. No wonder the devil's trying to close it down. No wonder the message is being sent that it's not essential. If you were to go tonight to my mom and dad's house, mom and dad built their house, I guess, back in the 70s. And if you were to go down, they have a full basement under the house. If you were to go to mom and dad's basement, you'd see probably four or five poles that go down, or maybe I should say it like this, you'd see four or five pillars that go all the way down the middle of that basement 
And those pillars are there to provide strength to the upstairs of that house. Now, truth of the matter is, you could probably go over there tonight and knock out one or two of those pillars and probably the floor wouldn't fall. But I'll tell you this, it would weaken it. It would weaken it. Do you know why some folks are so weak right now? Because they've knocked out the pillars and, and okay, maybe they haven't fallen, maybe they haven't messed up, but you know what? They're weaker than they've ever been. And, and I would just say, I would just say to, 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 to those that are watching, those that are listening, that you know what? If you don't have a medical issue or, or you don't have something that's keeping you away, then you need to understand something that according to the Word of God, church is an essential tonight. Why? For the purpose of learning. But number two, how about this? For the purpose of leaning. Now turn back over to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 21. Ephesians 5 and verse 21. Notice what it says here. Not only for the purpose of learning, but the purpose of leaning. I love this point. Ephesians 5, 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another, in the fear of God. The church is essential for the purpose of leaning. When I say leaning, I'm talking about leaning on others. I'm talking about fellowship. Fellowship. Did you know the early church model was one of amazing fellowship? I'm going to tell you something. If there is one thing I love, and I mean that. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm not even trying to be pastoral. I'm just testifying. If there is one thing I love about Calvary Baptist Church, it's the fellowship. You don't understand how much the fellowship means to me. Long before the service gets started, I've already got strength. I've already been helped. I've already been encouraged by folks coming in and smiling and shaking hands and, and folks just loving on one another and greeting one another in the Lord. And I'm telling you, I, sometimes I just, I just step back and I think, man, this is great. I mean, this is the way. I believe this is the way that it's supposed to be. I want you to see that early church model tonight. Would you take your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2 and look at verse number 41. Acts 2 and verse number 41 and here the church is, boy, these 3,000 have just been saved, baptized. Acts chapter 2, verse number 41. The Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. On the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Look at verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and, what's the next word? Fellowship. And in breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Look at verse 44. And all that believed were what? Together. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Verse 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with what? With, with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Listen, I'm just saying this, that the early church was a model for something. It was a model for fellowship. 
You say, yeah, but preacher, they don't know anything about a pandemic. It was easy back then. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you something about the early church. It was not, there was nothing easy about being a part of the church. You understand that number one, they were under Roman occupation. And Jesus had already claimed to be the king. By the way, he was, and he is. You understand that to be a Christian, to be a, a Christ one, was very unpopular. In fact, in fact, we read in Acts chapter 2, we don't go very many verses further than that before we find that there's great, what the Bible calls great persecution against the church. And yet, you know what's going on? The church is exploding with growth. And although it's not popular to be a part, these people are coming together and they're, they're, they're fellowshipping and they're loving on one another. And, oh, listen, listen, may I remind us tonight that the church is essential for the, for the need of fellowship. Did you know that oftentimes strength and encouragement comes in numbers? It does, doesn't it? I wouldn't encourage you to watch the news. But if you watch the news right now, one of the things that they'll tell you is, is that the suicide rate is going up and up and up. You know why? Because so many people feel like they are all alone. They're alone. They're not going to work. They're not going to school. They're not going to church. Because somebody told them the church is not essential. And, and they've got problems and they've got issues and they've got burdens and they've got addictions and they've got strongholds and yet they don't feel like, yes, 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 they don't feel like they've got anybody to turn to and anybody to lean on. And I want to say hip, hip, hooray for the church today. I'm thankful that I go to a spiritual hospital where people can come in here and thank God they can lean on us. They can lean on you. They can lean on me. By the way, I'm glad that I pastor a church where they don't have to just lean on the pastor. Where they can lean on you. Strength comes in numbers. Most of you, and encouragement comes in numbers. Most of you have heard that story about Napoleon. And Napoleon's forces are losing. They're losing the battle. Napoleon, that great General looks over to his bugler and he says, young man, sign the retreat. And he never says, he never does anything. Napoleon says, young man, sign the retreat. And the young man looks up at General Napoleon and big gulp in his throat and he says, sir, you never taught me how to sound the retreat. And he said, then play something. And that soldier played the only thing he ever knew, and that was the charge. And so he put that bugle up to his lips, and he began to sound the charge. And Napoleon's forces, who were losing the battle, when they heard that charge sound on the bugle, they thought, hey, reinforcements are on the way. And they got their second win, and they won the battle that day. Why? Because strength comes in numbers. The church is an essential. The church is an essential. Why? The learning the will of God, leaning on one another. Let me just hit this one. I'll go to the last one. How about this? Number three, the church is an essential for the purpose of listening. Now turn back over, if you will, real quickly to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians six and verse number 18 tonight. 
Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 18. Notice what Paul says to this church. Ephesians 6, 8, 18. Paul says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto, watch this last part, with all perseverance and supplication. And look at the last three words, for all saints. Did you know as a church, we ought to be listening for others' burdens, helping them bear their burdens, helping them bear their problems. You don't have to turn back there. But if you go back one letter to the book of Galatians, Paul is challenging the Christians in Galatia. And in Galatians 6.2, he says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. The Psalm saying, church, essential, you better know it. You know what would be really great at Calvary Baptist Church is to see before the service and after the service to see Christians praying with other Christians. At the altar, by the way, we don't have to be having an invitation for you to use the altar. This altar is wide open all the time. If you've got a burden and you're here 15 minutes early and when you want to use the altar, use the altar. We'll whisper and walk around you. By the way, by the way, will they bother us, church? Won't bother us. Hey, if you want to come down there during the invitation and stay here even after the song is done, you're not going to bother us. We'll clean around you. We'll walk around you. You know what? It'd be a great day at Calvary Baptist Church when we see people praying at the altar, praying outside in the parking lot, lifting up one another, lifting up each other's burdens and cares and thinking about one another. Someone said, Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way. That even when I kneel to pray, my prayer shall be for others. Help me in all the work I do. To ever be sincere and true and know that all I do for you must needs be done for others. Let self be crucified and slain and buried deep and all in vain. May efforts be to rise again unless to live for others. And when my work on earth is done and my new work in heaven's begun, may I forget the crown I've won while thinking still of others. Others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be, help me to live for others that I may live like thee. Essential? Yes, it's essential. Absolutely. Why? Learning, leaning, listening. I told you I'd be short tonight. How about this? Last of all, for the purpose of looking. Now you're in Ephesians. Look at Ephesians 5 and verse number 19. Ephesians 5, 19, Paul, speaking to this young church, says, speaking to yourselves in psalms and, and what? And hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody. Here it is. In your heart to who? To who? To the Lord. Verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto who? Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? You know why church is essential? You know why church is essential? Because church helps us stay focused on Christ. Through the music. You say, why? What's, all, what's about this? What, what, you know, preacher, what's going on about these choruses? I'm tired. 
I understand you're tired. Why are we singing these choruses? We're trying to point you toward Jesus. Why does Brother Brandon get up here and lead these congregational songs? I mean, why can't we just get in here and, and, you know, you can teach for 10 minutes and we'll go home? And I'll tell you why. Because we want to get you in here for a little while so we can point you, point you, point you, point you to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the church is all about. How many know when we get our eyes focused on wrong things, it can be dangerous? It's why, it's why you all never text and drive. Do I need to say that one more time? You say, preacher, you're running a rabbit. I know, but it's got a little meat on it. It's why y'all never text and drive. I can't text and not drive. I definitely can't text while I am driving. You know why you shouldn't text and drive? Because you know what? It, It gets your eyes away from where your eyes need to be. And when your eyes are not focused on where they need to be, accidents can happen. I think about Peter. When the Lord Jesus Christ came to them on the Sea of Galilee and, 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 and he says, it's the Lord. And if it be you, Lord, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come on, Peter. And the Bible says that Peter stepped out of the boat and he walked on the water. You know what I thought about that story over there in Matthew chapter 14? Peter did just fine until he got his eyes on something else. As long as he was looking at Jesus. By the way, you say he sunk. He did sink, but he still holds the world record walking on water. He sure does. But he sunk when he got his eyes off of Jesus. Man, oh man, essential, you better know it's essential. You know why? Because it keeps pointing you back to the Lord. The songs, the preaching, the Sunday school, the ministries, the emphasis keeps pointing you back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Many, many years ago, in the day of the horse-drawn buggy, and some of you old, older folks know what I'm talking about, they used to put something on horses called blinders. It was an apparatus that hooked to the bridle two leather strips. And as they mounted that blinder to the bridle, it would cover the eyes, the side vision, the peripheral vision of that horse. And the idea was this, you know what? To minimize the distraction and to keep that horse going forward. My dear friend, I want to tell you something. Essential, you better know what it is. You know why? Because with pandemics and politics and protests and riots and all these things, you need a place that you can walk into every time. And you know what they do? It keeps pointing you back to the only remedy, and the only remedy is Jesus. Let's bow our heads tonight. Father, thank you for this time we've had together tonight. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be a part of this essential place. Thank you that I can come here and learn what God's will is for my life. But, Lord, thank you that the way you've set it up, I can come here and lean. I can lean on other people and get encouragement and strength. And they're praying for me. 
Lord, thank you that I can come here and listen. Listen to the needs of others and try to help them carry their load. Pray for them. Try to lift them. And Lord, thank you that I can come to a place like this that keeps pointing me back to Jesus. Lord, that keeps me from getting distracted. Lord, I thank you for the church. God, I pray that you'll bless in this invitation tonight. Maybe there's somebody that needs to come. Maybe there's a need. Maybe there's a burden. Maybe somebody needs someone just to come to the altar and pray with them this evening. Maybe there's somebody here tonight that needs to be born again. I pray that they'll come. Maybe there's someone here tonight that has a heavy heart. And Lord, they need to just tiptoe down to this old-fashioned altar and talk to Jesus. Lord, it could be, it could be that there's someone here tonight that needs to rededicate their life to Christ. And I pray tonight that you'll work in their life. Father, have your way in this invitation. Thank you for this challenge tonight. We sure love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Let's all stand tonight if you would, please. And uh, we're going to let the pianist play just for a moment. And if there's a need tonight, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make my way to the main floor. If we can pray with you about a burden, a need, listen, the altar's open tonight. You come while we wait. We'll be here for you. you. Thank you for being here for midweek service tonight. Uh, just remain standing. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer.